From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good Thursday morning to you. It is the Jack and James show here today. Uh, Jack Harris and James Berlander on board. Hello. And, of course, you're welcome to join us, 800-969-9352, or you can text us at 82945. Just start your text with WFLA. Yep, begin the text that way, and we will read it on the air, or you can read it yourself on our iHeart app. Yep, that's true. We got our talkback feature, so if you download the free iHeart Radio app, You'll see a microphone when you're streaming News Radio WFLA. You tap that microphone and you record a message, send it to us up to 30 seconds long. So there you go. And they might get lucky. We might play it on the air. Yeah. And you will probably get lucky for Just, sure. You know, no dirty jokes or anything. Can't play those on the air. No, we can do clean jokes. <laughs> yes, we can. We desperately need them. If you send in a joke now, we might play it in the six o'clock hour for you. At the top of the hour, the top of the six o'clock hour, we could be doing that. By the way, the uh, Yankees lost game one. The Tampa Yankees, who do their summer training in New York. Oh, yeah? Four to two to the Astros, so they are zero and one in the American League series, and uh, the other series of the National League. The Padres beat the Phillies eight to five, so that series is tied at a game apiece. That's the National League to see who is going to be in the World Series. How did the Rays do? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. They, they went out on a seven-game losing streak. But we got the Lightning are going to be trying again. They'll be at the Florida Panthers tomorrow night. And then the Islanders will be here in town at Amelie Arena on Saturday night. We'll kick their butt. Yeah, let's hope so. And then, of course, you got the Bucks up in Carolina at the Panthers on Sunday at 1. And the Bucks are 3-3 three and three right now. We are not quite living up to the Champa Bay, Champa Bay this year. Does that mean we're gonna have we're gonna have to retire that phrase then, possibly? <laughs> well, I mean, you're still a champ though, Jack. So, <laughs> well, we'll stay with it just in case. Uh, you heard on the news Chris Strinkman talking about a 16-year-old boy shot to death uh, night before last and left in the parking lot of a McDonald's in Tampa. And he was said to be with a group of friends just after 8 p.m. And this is near West Tampa Bay Boulevard and North Armenia Avenue where the shooting happened. And the body of the 16-year-old was reportedly found in the parking lot by officers, and he had a gun next to him. And he had been shot once. And according to witnesses, they said the teen was with three other juveniles when a car with other people pulled up, and the two groups started to shoot at each other. And during the shootout, the 16-year-old fell to the ground after being hit, and his three friends ran away from the scene. It's horrible. And at this time, they aren't sure of the argument between the two groups, what it was about, but... 
According to uh, Police Chief O'Connor, detectives were able to connect the 16-year-old to an ongoing armed robbery investigation that happened a week ago. Uh, Thus far, no arrests have been made in the shooting because the others have gotten away. But this is incredible. These are teens. Yeah, there's too much anger in in their lives nowadays. In shootouts. Teens. 16-year-olds. If I had an issue with someone, I'd punch them. You don't shoot them, though. No, you certainly don't. Or I just give them a finger. And now you're going to have people, of course, coming on on gun control again. Oh, yeah, and that doesn't do any good at all. That is useless because the bad guys are going to get the guns regardless. Exactly. It's 10 after 5 on AM Tampa Bay and time to check out our mass in motion here with John Thomas. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And our thanks to El Saris from Valrico and Chris Trachman joining us right now from the newsroom and what do we need to know about this morning, Chris? Well, good morning, Jack. Another teenager has been killed by gunfire in Tampa. This time, a 19-year-old was shot at 37th and Wilder. The police chief has a warning for those who killed a different teenager. Mary O'Connor says the 16-year-old boy who was shot to death Tuesday night outside of McDonald's on North Armenia. Uh, He was in a group when shots were fired from people in a passing car. And O'Connor says if you commit a crime with a gun in the city, the police are going to find you and arrest you. And she was putting out the message that kids have got to start making better choices. Because when these kinds of things happen, their lives are ruined forever. And then they ruin the lives of other families as well. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. That many teens involved in shootings. I mean, it's out of control now, and it seems to be happening almost every day. Yeah, there were some community groups that uh, came forward saying they've been trying to get the message out to young people that guns and violence are not the solution to problems. But obviously, more people need to hear that message. Yeah, they certainly do. But how tragic, man. So President Biden says gas prices are falling, but not quick enough for American families. Speaking at the White House, Biden announced that the U.S. will tap into the country's oil reserves to help lower prices. The president said by doing this, prices around the country can go lower. This will complete a 180 million barrel uh, tap into the reserves. So it's another uh, about 20 million barrels. Yeah, these, this is a ridiculous thing to do. Uh, I mean, we need to get oil, but we've got it in the ground. We've gotten it for years and years and years. We've been energy independent in this country until now because we've closed the Keystone Pipeline. We've stopped drilling for oil and gas, and that is crazy. And they say they're doing it because of the climate. Well, it's the climate is around the whole world and they are drilling for gas and oil in countries where they have a brain in china and in iran and arabia saudi arabia and places like that so somebody is going to if they really think that changes the climate it's going to be changed anyway why don't we change it get it ourselves and keep the price of gas way down we are village idiots when it comes to gasoline 
Well, we certainly are the number one oil producer in the world, but one of the things the oil companies do is they sell it to other places for more money. So maybe they should sell it to us for less. Well, that would be good, but we could get a whole lot more out of the ground from Oklahoma and out offshore from Florida. And obviously, if we had the pipeline going, it would bring the price of gas way down. But that's the thing they don't understand. If indeed it did cause climate change, and it doesn't, the climate is going to be whatever it's going to be. I mean, we're in a warming trend, and it's going to continue that way. doesn't matter what we do. But the fact is, oh, we're not going to do that in this country because it's bad for the climate. We'll do it in another country. Well, it's still bad for the climate if that's the case, which it's not. But, I mean, we're idiots. Yeah, they don't seem to care that much about the climate in, like, uh, China or India. No. They got brains, apparently. You seen the smog in those cities? Yeah. <laughs> Holy yeah, cow. it does cause smog. It can cause smog, but you put up with smog to keep your gas prices down. So we're getting a clearer picture of how much damage Hurricane Ian did to Florida's agriculture. The University of Florida released a preliminary estimate on the storm's financial impact on crops, livestock, and animal products. They say there's a potential loss of over a billion and a half dollars for the state's producers. The Agriculture Commissioner, Nikki Freed, says the impact cannot be understated. The amount of damage to the citrus industry is heartbreaking. And if you consider, Jack, with all the problems citrus has been having with the greening of the plants yeah, and uh, just the decline in consumption of orange juice and other issues, this is just another blow to what was once a great industry here in Florida. Yeah, that is amazing what has happened to the orange industry in the state of florida i mean when i came here 50 years ago it was booming all over the state and for years after that it was but you don't find much of that going on anymore yeah i remember when i drove here as a kid we used to stop at one of those stands right near the beginning of the state and uh you would buy a bunch of oranges oh yeah you know a big bushel of them and, and orange juice yeah every morning orange juice was the thing i remember seeing the commercials on tv and it seemed like that was just what everybody had yep and somewhere along the line that's changed but also it's just the uh the problem with keeping the crops alive and it's a real shame that they they haven't been able to solve the problem with the greening that uh, ruins the uh, the oranges because yeah. it means that other people, other places are going to provide the oranges instead of Florida. Yep, and that's a shame because that is that has always been such a backbone of our economy. So a firefighter in Pinellas County drawing praise for his actions during the hurricane. Travis DeBerry of Treasure Island was awarded the Medal of Valor. He rescued a 70-year-old woman in southwest Florida who was in danger of drowning in floodwaters. And he also raised some money to buy a new bike for a boy with autism. And he said it's just all about being a friendly face when people are in the worst of times. Yeah, we have incredible police and firefighters. And these are amazing people and what they do. Yeah, and, and the heroism during the storm. I mean, to be yeah. down there and to see all that damage and then to be able to save people considering just how severe that storm surge was. I mean, people hanging onto the rooftops and into their attics and everything because their water was flooded out, water was flooding out their homes. And this guy helped save a, a senior. You know, the Southwest Florida has a number of seniors retired, and, you know, they're oh, yeah. the ones most vulnerable when these hurricanes hit. How true that is. 
Well, uh, Chris, we'll have more coming up here in about nine minutes. Oh, and the, the Yankees lost, Jack. Just want to mention that. Oh, too. yeah. <laughs> the Tampa Yankees, who do their summer training in New York, yeah. were beaten. That was a shame. But they've got six more games to try, <laughs> we hope. We hope it's not over, over in four. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. It's 521. Time to check out what's happening in traffic with John Thomas. 42. Live on the free iHeartRadio app. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. The Jack and James show is what we've got going on right now. It's 25 minutes after 5. And if you want to join our conversation, 800 969 9352. We'd like to hear from you. Um, this is really weird out in oakland but of course it's california but oakland's become a very dangerous city now in fact california has become quite dangerous and they're talking about whether or not cops should be able to kill people with shotgun armed robots this is amazing now is this true who's saying this this is a story. Let me see where it came from. Well, it came from some California source. Okay. But it's from the Oakland Police Department. Now, I could understand if, if they're in a hostage sh- uh, situation, um, you know, having a robot going and, and remotely taking down somebody. But it was during a September 21st meeting of an Oakland Police Commission subcommittee and a civilian oversight council, they talked about what rules should govern the use of the city's arsenal of military-grade police equipment. And much of the uh, meeting focused on the equipment being used in modern American policing, and they debated what the permissible uses of flashbang grenades, tear gas, and other now standard equipment with... uh, representatives from the police department there and california law requires police to seek approval from a local governing body like the city council to determine the permissible use of military equipment or weapons like stun grenades and drones now that's smart yeah there's so many weapons available now but uh, that is amazing that they're talking about robots. I'll read this paragraph here, the back and forth between the Oakland Police Department and a civilian oversight body concluded with the police tabling their push for official language that would have allowed them to kill humans with robots under certain circumstances. And that was a concession to the committee, which pushed to bar arming robots with firearms and the department said it's going to continue to pursue lethal options i think they have to make make the public aware that they are controlling the robots it's not like the robots are doing their own thing or else that's that's going to scare a lot of people yeah ai with ai what it is today you got to be a little frightened that the robots might end up taking off on their own oh yeah but that won't happen no let's certainly hope not we had 
our tech expert here. We'd ask him what he thinks about armed robots. You'll have to ask him uh, next week for me. Yeah, for sure. It's 528 on AM Tampa Bay. 2022. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter. James Berlander. Yes, there you go, James. What do we have trending this morning? Well, today, Jack, a little bit of a warning for the people who like the sweet treats. Uh, Nestle is recalling the ready-to-bake Nestle Toll House stuffed chocolate chip cookie dough with fudge filling products nationwide. So they're uh, they're recalling it because there is a potential of white plastic pieces present in the dough. So if you like your sweet treats, you might not want to buy the Nestle Toll House chocolate chip cookie dough for a little bit. Hmm. So right now, no illnesses or injuries have been reported, but they are recalling it just in case. And first of all, what is it they're recalling? Which one? So it's the Nestle chocolate chip cookie dough with fudge filling. So it's the ones that are uh, kind of already made in the package and you just pop them in, into the oven and you bake them. Ooh, and they I come like out. Them. Well, you don't like these if they have plastic pieces in. What have they got in there? Plastic pieces. Plastic pieces? Yeah, yeah little shards of plastic, apparently. How did that happen, I wonder? Uh, factory mistakes. Someone didn't catch it. Hmm. Also trending today, just like yesterday, I told you about Halloween prices going skyrocketing for for the candy. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner is now also going to be more expensive this year. Turkey prices are 73% higher than last year, and analysts say that could stay that way through the holiday. Now, this is largely due to the spread of bird flu, which led to a smaller supply. Higher feed costs and a labor shortage also factored in to the increase in price. So the USDA says that the cost of an 8 to 16 pound turkey is $1.99 a pound uh, compared to like $1.15 last year. Mm, my. So it's going up. We're not going to be thankful for that. So you could also thank inflation, of course, too. Oh yeah, yeah. They've got they've got a list here of the top selling candy for Halloween. We'll get into that in a little while when we get a chance. But sounds good. I like most of uh, most of them on the list here. The I think it's a top ten list. But well, I'll tell you what's number ten, and I like them. Three Musketeers. Oh, I'm, I haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, I, I like them. I've had uh, some little ones. Yeah. Well, some time ago. I like but, whatever that filling is inside. I don't even know what that's called. Uh, I'm not sure either. <laughs> Chocolate. I yeah, it's guess. good. That's all I know. It's 5.40 and time for John Thomas and traffic. Throwing it back with Jack on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. It's... 543 on AM Tampa Bay. We talked about in the uh, back in the 70s, we had the losers contest and the losers had to go to Buffalo. Of course, they had a great time. Buffalo got very involved and that one, that uh, contest we had ended up making news in every newspaper in the country. I mean, it was so well covered, but there was another one that hadn't gotten any coverage another contest we ended up having and um what happened was whenever you have a contest and it's over you always get late entries people send the entries in after the contest is over and they come in and you say hey we've already given the prize away you know you just toss them away that is true 
So we decided on the morning show here on AM Tampa Bay or whatever it was called back then to have a contest that wouldn't be over until we got the final entry. Oh, that's smart. And we called it the final contest or the last contest. And, you know, I don't remember what the what the prize was back then. I can't remember. But we had a pretty good prize. Interesting. And people would send the entries in, and you kept getting them. And believe it or not, I got one about two or three weeks ago from Bert in Plant City. <laughs> Another entry. And uh, at least four or five times a year, even today, and this is 40-some years later. That explains some calls I get every now and then. <laughs> I, I want to enter the final contest. Like yeah. oh, I have no idea what, what's going on. The last contest or the final contest. And that won't end until I'm gone, I guess. But um, I'll make sure I pay out the, uh, the winnings. Okay. Except I don't know what we're giving them now. I can't remember what the prize is going to be. I'll give them a cup of coffee. Yeah, or give them a new car. Okay. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> No promises, by the way. No promises. It's going to continue on for a long, long time. Hey, by the way, this is, I, I keep seeing pictures of this, but um, on Friday, President Biden seemed to be getting a bit too intimate while posing with photographs with a young girl and her companions. And, of course, he's talking to them and giving them advice and everything, but... He's grasping the girl's shoulder and has his nose in her hair. And he does that all the time. These young girls are, you know, I don't know what he's sniffing at or what he's smelling and holding on to these girls. And that's got to be uncomfortable for these little kids. Well, or maybe it's not. Maybe they go say, hey, the president sniffed my hair. You would think that someone would warn him, like, hey, it's not good for looks, especially when you're in front of the camera. Yeah, his keepers. I mean, he's got keepers now, for goodness sakes, that advise him because the Lord knows he needs all kinds of advice, and yet they don't seem to be telling him, you know, don't put your nose in little girl's hair or don't even touch them. Just go up and... You can shake hands with them. That's it. But um, did you also see the or, or, or hear the audio, uh, Jack, of Joe Biden giving a young girl dating advice? Oh yeah, told her not to go steady until she was thirty. Yeah, I've got that here. Listen to this. If if you haven't heard it, I'll let it go. Taking photos right now. With her. Now, very important thing I told my daughter and granddaughters: no serious guys are thirty. No serious guys till you're 30. Yeah. Got to be 30 years old. And then they can sniff your hair and that's crazy. put their hands on you. No serious. I'm trying to interpret that, though. So does that mean just, you know, kind of like play around? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. You can date after you're married. Because right. a lot of women are married by the time they're 30. He's obviously completely out of his mind. Oh, he is. And obviously he's going to be replaced with somebody else and... 2024 and the big question is who's that going to be hey by the way we talked about the rubio demings debate the uh senate race in florida 
and you even had uh, the sound from them getting into a nasty fight. You still have that? Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to dig it back up. Okay, if you can, dig it back All up. Right. But on Monday, and this one is going to be a real dandy, on Monday uh, there's going to be a Christ and um, DeSantis debate. That is one that I would like to watch, DeSantis and Charlie Crist, as they make the uh, case for who ought to be the next governor of the state of Florida. Yeah, here's, the, here's the fight audio with, uh, with Demings and Rubio. And they talk about processors. Who, who are you talking about, Senator? Well, your party. Who demonize the... You have, and your party has, Congresswoman. Absolutely look, true. Look, and let me look, tell you something else that they've done. Look, here's the other thing they've done. They talk about more processors. Would you be willing to do anything to win, Senator? They talk about more processors. Okay, so people... Everybody. <laughs> just, the Biden administration... All right, to do is say the point, this is not helping anybody. No, this look, is <laughs> I want to move on to the next the issue here, Senator. The traffickers give you the magic Just word. Senator, Congresswoman, I'm, I, I, I am forced to move on this time. Debates are supposed to be productive, so people can learn about what your beliefs are and how you're going to be when you're in office, when they elect I, you. I'd like That's, to have watched that one. Yeah. Sorry I missed it. But anyway, Monday ought to be an incredible debate here with DeSantis and Christ. Yeah, I'll be watching that. Yes, indeed. You'll have to. Well, you're not going to be here on I'll, Tuesday. I'll be, I'll be on vacation, but I'll be watching it. Okay. You might have to call in that morning. All right. Sounds good. Kitty will be back, though. So. Yeah. It's 549, almost 550 here, and time to check in now with John Thomas in traffic. The race for Florida governor is heating up. Christ versus DeSantis. All the latest found right here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. 553 and on board right now, Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter. And uh, Rory looks like taxpayers are going to be able to keep more of their money this year as the. Uh, Tax brackets are changing a little. Tell us about that. Right. So the marginal tax rate brackets, essentially, if you, if you earn X number of dollars and then if you go over that, you shift up to a different tax bracket so they'll get more of your money. But what the IRS is doing, because of inflation, they're adjusting some of the numbers in those tax brackets. So, for instance, say your boss gave you a cost of living adjustment increase because of the inflation you won't necessarily be kicked into a higher tax bracket just because of it. So the IRS is essentially giving you a little bit of wiggle room uh, if the boss was kind enough. Uh, is everyone listening? If the boss was kind <laughs> enough to give uh, cost of living adjustments to workers this year. And, of course, inflation is becoming almost runaway now. Um, what kind of an impact is that having? Well, right. So that's why we're seeing the, 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 the marginal tax rate numbers, the income for that all uh, shift a little bit. Also, the standard deduction will increase by $1,800 for married couples filing jointly, $1,400 for heads of household, an increase of $900 for single taxpayers or married taxpayers who file separately. So take, for example, a single taxpayer making $90,000 in the 2022 tax year, they would face a top tax rate of 24%. While that same income next year gets you down to 22% for your tax rate, which can be pretty significant, uh, you know, here when you add it up here and there. So um, it, it's good to help people adjust so that, you know, if you did get a pay raise to offset inflation, that pay raise isn't snatched up by Uncle Sam. 
Yeah, that's a good thing for sure. But uh, there are so many things we seem to be wasting taxpayer money on. Uh, we were talking the other day about this thing about they're going to do away with student debt. And right. you say, that's nice to do away with it, but who's going to pay it? And you are. And somebody's paying. You're going to pay it, Rory, and I'm going to pay it, and James is going to pay it. And, right, and it's going to cost somewhere between $300 billion and $900 billion. We just got a new lawsuit filed yesterday. Wisconsin, Minnesota, somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, a, a group there said that, first of all, President Biden doesn't have the authority to do this. Uh, and even beyond that, saying, look, you're, you're throwing us into more and more debt uh, that's now over $30 trillion that the U.S. just can't afford. Yeah, and those that are paying it, a lot of the people paying it, like me and in all probability you, I know I had to work to earn money to go to school and ultimately had to go into ROTC and do two years in the Army and everything to pay for my school. And now all of a sudden I'm paying for kids' school that I don't even know. Right, and that's been one of the big arguments. And, and people I know who've been deep into debt and then worked and actually paid it off uh, you know, they feel a little bit of resentment, too, that uh, why does uh, this generation get a free ride? Uh, but the administration argues that uh, these college costs have gotten out of control uh, and that it's uh, they think that it will free up spending by some of these people if you take away this burden of debt. That's their theory. How yeah, true. Well, Radio Rory at Radio Rory. <laughs> Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Have a good day. And uh, coming up in the next hour, we got our birthdays, of course, and a few lame jokes. Uh, Aaron Royale and Jay Ratliff joining us to uh, talk about what's happening with the market. Don't want to fail to enjoy not missing that. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning. It is AM Tampa Bay with information from farm to table. Jack and James show here with uh, Jack Harris and James Berlander. We got some birthdays, first of all, here. Uh, let's see. We got Sherry Heideman Delancey. And she works with the uh, Wounded Warrior Project, by the way. So our hats off to Sherry Heideman Delancey. Rhonda Meyer Parag, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Katie Gannon, who is on the Oldsmar City Council, Councilwoman Gannon. And last and certainly not least, Paul Guzzo the uh, writer for the uh, Tampa Bay Times, who does such fantastic stories on Tampa Bay's past. Love the Guzzo stuff whenever he does stories. But happy birthday to Paul and Katie and Rhonda and Sherry. And do you have any birthdays? Yeah, I've got a couple. I've got Marcus Head, who's a voiceover guy that I know. Also, Casey Bartholomew. So happy birthday to Marcus and Casey. Yes, indeed. Well, I didn't get any good jokes from anybody, so i got to use some old bad ones here. All righty. 
Let's see here. I don't have a carbon footprint. I just drive everywhere. Uh, when we were kids, we used to be afraid of the dark. But when we grew up, the electricity bill made us afraid of the light. An apple a day keeps the doctor away, or at least it does if you throw it hard enough. <laughs> I have a I have a step ladder because my real ladder left when I was just a kid. <laughs> uh, I visited my friend at his new house. He told me to make myself at home. So I threw him out. I hate having visitors. <laughs> oh, there's, there is David. Uh, why did Mozart hate all of his chickens? Why because, that? Because when he asked them who the best composer was, they all replied, Bach, 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 Bach. <laughs> is that a decent chicken sound? Bach, 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 Bach. Better than mine. <laughs> uh, the other day, my wife asked me to pass her lipstick, but I accidentally passed her a glue stick. <laughs> she still isn't talking to me. <laughs> uh, never break someone's heart. They only have one. Break their bones instead. They've got 206 of them. <laughs> the guy who stole my diary just died. My thoughts are with his family because uh. they've got his diary. What's worse than biting into an apple and discovering a worm? Biting into an apple and discovering half a worm. Uh, as I get older, I remember all the people I lost along the way. Maybe a career as a tour guide wasn't the right choice. My girlfriend dumped me, so I stole her wheelchair. Guess who came crawling back? <laughs> well, let's see. Um, a man walks into a magic forest and tries to cut down a talking tree, and the tree said, you can't cut me down. I'm a talking tree. And the man says, you might be a talking tree, but you will dialogue. <laughs> dialogue. And last and maybe least, welcome back to Plastic Surgery Anonymous. Nice to see so many new faces here today. Very nice. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's the best punchline ever. That's the best thing to do with them here. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay, and John Thomas has got some good information for us. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. And this is Today in History for October 20th. In 1568, the Spanish Duke of Alba defeats a Dutch rebel force under William the Silent. The only reason I did that one is I like the name William the Silent. In 1774, in the American Revolution, the Continental Association, a non-consumption and non-important agreement against the 
British Isles and the British West Indies is adopted by the First Continental Congress. 1803, the U.S. Senate ratifies the Louisiana Purchase in several new states. 1818, the Convention of 1818 is signed between the U.S. and the United Kingdom, which settles the Canada-U.S. border on the 49th parallel for most of its length. 1944, liquefied natural gas leaks from storage tanks in Cleveland and then explodes, leveling 30 blocks and killing 130 people. Also in 1944, on this date, American General Douglas MacArthur fulfills his promise to return to the Philippines when he comes ashore during the Battle of Leyte. And we'll always remember the famous quote from Douglas MacArthur, I shall return. 1947, in the Cold War, the House Un-American Activities Committee begins its investigation into communist infiltration of the Hollywood film industry, resulting in a blacklist that prevents some from working in the industry for years. 1951, the Johnny Bright incident occurs during a football game between the Drake Bulldogs and the Oklahoma A&M Aggies. And that was a racial incident that involved a black player, Johnny Bright, and he's the first who was in that league back then. 1973, the Watergate scandal, the what is called Saturday Night Massacre, U.S. President Richard Nixon fired U.S. Attorney General Elliot Richardson and Deputy Attorney General William Ruckelshaus after they refused to fire uh, Special Prosecutor Archibald Cox, who was finally fired by the Solicitor General Robert Bork. It got to be a very complicated thing back in the early 70s. country tonight is in the midst of what may be the most serious constitutional crisis in its history. The president has fired the special Watergate prosecutor, Archibald Cox. Because of the president's action, the attorney general has resigned. Well, there you go. The report from back then. The official report, yeah. I like that. You said it better, though. You explained it better. 1976, the... Luling Destrehan Ferry, M.V. George Prince, is struck by the Norwegian freighter uh, S.S. Frosta while crossing the Mississippi River in St. Charles Parish, Louisiana. 78 passengers and crew die, and only 18 people aboard survive the uh, ferry crash. 1977, a plane carrying the rock band Leonard Skinnerd crashes in Woodland, Mississippi, and six people, including three band members, were killed. 1981, two police officers and a Brinks armored car guard are killed during an armed robbery carried out by members of the Black Liberation Army and Weather Underground in Nanuet, New York. 1991, a massive firestorm breaks out in the hills of Oakland and Berkeley, California, killing 25 people, destroying more than 3,000 homes, apartments, and condominiums.
2003, the Sloan Great Wall, once the largest cosmic structure known to humanity, is discovered by students at Princeton University. That's an atmospheric thing. And finally, in 1912, Buffalo Bill Cody stays at the Tampa Bay Hotel, which is now the University of Tampa. Wow. And this day in history presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now, jointheduo.com. That's jointheduo.com. 6.20 in time for John Thomas in traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's uh, 6.23 on AM Tampa Bay, and Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, joins us right now. And, Aaron, the latest travel option for Americans is what they call luxury sleeper coaches, and they say you can't call them buses. What's the deal with this? Yes, yeah, so this is a new up-and-coming way to travel. It seems to be catching on quite a bit, and it's the premium bus travel. They're betting that Americans are going to abandon the image of this rumbling, cramped, transport of last resort, cash-strapped, unpleasant bus ride journey. They want people to get that out of their heads. And these new giant sleeper buses, they've really been a staple in parts of Latin America and Asia for decades. They're very popular, and it's almost shocking that they never caught on in the U.S. given our vast highway system. But there's new companies. There's Napaway, there's Jet. Napaway goes from Washington, D.C. to Nashville. Jet goes from Washington, D.C. to New York. So the Washington, D.C. to Nashville one is the most interesting one, in my opinion, because it's a long-haul trip. That's a 10-hour journey by bus but it has a fully reclining bed. And if you Google these, just nap away, the images are really incredible. It looks very comfortable. It looks like like first class or business class in an airplane. They serve snacks and wine. They have Wi-Fi. And people are designed, it's supposed to be overnight, so you're designed to get on the, on the bus, eat a little something, go to sleep, wake up, you're there. And people seem to really like it. it, it we don't have any data yet on how many people are using it because it's so new post-pandemic but with flying the way it is this is definitely a potentially strong option for many people and a one-way trip is roughly a hundred dollars it depends on where you're going jet oh wow you see is a hundred von lane from houston to austin is 114 and napway from dc to nashville is 125 so it depends on the journey length and and the quality of the bus but these high-end buses are they're pretty nice they don't look terrible i would be open to trying it one are these greyhound buses nope not even close no. Who's the totally company? Different. Sorry? Who's the company? Jet and Napaway. The the ones I mentioned. Jet goes from New York City to Washington, D.C. Von Lane goes from Houston to Austin. And Napaway goes from Washington, D.C. to Nashville. And so are there a lot of these out there now? They're, they're coming up. They have uh, small fleets at the moment, under 10 buses at the moment, but they're expanding and they're doing well. We don't have any data on how well yet. Um, they're private companies. They're not publicly traded. And, and a lot of the the research I did for this, they, they weren't keen to 
disclose finances at the moment, but they're filling up. People are, it's, and it's a slow go because people have, you know, Greyhound bus in their head in terms of travel, which is not a luxurious way to travel. But people who try once seem to be repeat customers and, and just love it. And when you think about how long it takes to get to the airport, take off your shoes, go through security, you end up spending hours and hours and hours. So the argument that it's faster in some cases to fly might not necessarily be true when you add in all the factors surrounding flying. Yeah, of course, with no uh, security like you have at the airports and everything, you know, you look down the road, that would be a great place for a terrorist. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, like anything else, you know, getting on the road, you you, you kind of question, are there terrorist attacks generally on highways? Not, there aren't. not generally. No, you're right about that. Yeah, so I think it's just a matter of, like, the regular, I think a bigger concern would be accidents, like the probability of that while driving. But um, yeah, it's an it's an interesting option and, and definitely an alternative to what's been available so far. Yeah, of course, I'm kind of a train freak. I love traveling on trains. Trains are great. They are great. But unfortunately, there's not a vast train system in the south. Um, so so that's actually, they. this was mentioned in a bunch of my research that, Given that our train system is limited relative to Europe and other places, and trains are wonderful, they're probably one of my favorite ways to travel too. But unfortunately, they're just limited in terms of their reach here in the U.S. Hmm. Well, Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Have a great day. No, thank you, Aaron. It's six twenty-seven. And by the way, uh, one thing we got to bring up here in. George Carl points this out, that what a great job that, uh, and we'll talk about that, the Sanibel Island Causeway has opened already, and this is due to the uh, pushing by Governor DeSantis. And, um, well, it's just amazing that they opened it that quickly. They were saying it would be weeks and weeks before it opened. It's been two weeks. They were saying it would be months right. before they were able to get it open. And this is so important. The governor's office said a 100 crews worked around the clock to repair that. But, well, I'll hold on to this until the next half hour. But a note here from uh, George Carl, who was comparing what DeSantis has done down there to what's happening out in San Francisco right now. This is amazing. But it's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day. On AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 638, who is our dope of the day, James? Well, I just want to point out, we have actually a local dope of the day real quickly. Uh, We're getting malicious... Uh, you know, talkbacks on our iHeartRadio app. Normally, we, we get amazing talkbacks. We get jokes. We get, you know, compliments on the show. But there's a guy named Dan out there listening in Tampa Bay, and Dan is just malicious and nasty. So he's our dope number one of the day. What, what did he do? Uh, just leaving highly critical, you know, messages with us. Uh, you know, it, normally, if you don't like something, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. So, anyway, on to the real dope of the day. What did he say about the morning show? Uh, he's just being critical. <laughs> you, you don't even want to know, Jack. So, anyway, the real dope of the day is a father in Colorado facing a misdemeanor charge after police say he left a gun in his child's backpack. And the child found the gun at the school. 
So it happened just after 8.30 a.m. on Tuesday. The third grader arrived at University Elementary School, found a handgun, and immediately notified the teacher. Uh, the school resource officer learned that the father of the student, a 39-year-old male, placed the firearm in the student's backpack to move the gun from his house to the vehicle, and then he forgot about it. Therefore, nope. the child brought it to school. <laughs> and I guess the child got in trouble for having a gun at school. Yeah, but the father's even more, you know, in, in more trouble because, I mean, they, they realize it's an accident, but, you know, slap on the wrist, misdemeanor charge. Hmm. But still a dope. Come on. You don't forget where you put your gun. Oh, how true. Well, we could also have a dope of the day. The people that run San Francisco. This is um, our canny cabbie, George Carl, sent this in. And he was talking about how efficiently uh, Governor DeSantis had been about getting the Sanibel Causeway opened early. They were saying it would take months and he got it done in three weeks, and the people there are incredibly happy. But the San Francisco Chronicle reported that the city is spending $1.7 million to build something that won't be done until 2025. You know what it is that What's they're that? building that won't be done till 2025 that's costing $1.7 million? It's probably just a single road or something. A single public toilet. Wow. And Lord knows they need them in San Francisco. They need hundreds of them. Oh, it's horrible. In San Francisco, New York, they're just crapping everywhere. Oh, I know. They're full of it. They need to do, you know, get rid of the homeless situation. They need to put these people somewhere. Help them out. Don't just, you know, let the, the city go to crap. Yeah, but the uh, $1.7 and until 2025 to get it built, a single public toilet. That's crazy. The longer it takes, the more they get to line their pockets, Jack. Well, I guess that's the case, but we'll add San Francisco leaders to our dopes of the day here. Sounds good. It's 641. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Jay Ratliff on board here at 644 on AM Tampa Bay. And uh, the big question, I guess now, Jay, is will the earnings season help to calm the nerves of investors who are rather anxious these days? That's uh, a great question, and uh, right now I can tell you that as we're looking at the earnings season so far, as far as the third quarter, we've had 64 of the S&P 500 companies that have reported third quarter earnings, and that's about 13% of the 503 companies that are contained within that. And we've had 70% of those that have reported a positive surprise, and that has uh, really helped a lot of people on Wall Street start to breathe a bit easier, but I can tell you, we've just really begun the, the process as far as just 13%. But if that trend continues, it, it's certainly uh, something that I think will help. Now, is it going to alleviate all the issues that we have as far as inflation and the worries that we have with Russia, Ukraine, and all the other things that are taking place right now? Uh, no, but believe me, uh, you and I talked before about how we need any dose of good news right now to kind of help calm the, the nerves of the investors. And if we can have a decent third quarter uh, continue, then uh, that might be some of the good news that we have that could at least 
keep us from falling further. I, I don't see anything that's going to send the market rocketing up at this point in time. Right now, we're just trying to plug the leaks. Now, question for you, Jay. James here. Uh, curious, do you think the Fed will continue raising the interest rates, and could we see these, uh, these rising interest rates into 2023? Yeah, in fact, uh, the next uh, round, uh, James, is expected uh, the 1st of November. And last month at this time, they were thinking about a minimal rent interest rate hike. Uh, in fact, the idea that, you know, could the Fed roll out a fourth in a row, 75 basis point interest rate hike? I mean, a month ago, that was laughable. There's no way. Right now, there's a 57% chance, according to Wall Street, that that's going to happen. So the, the idea that we could see a fourth super ultra-aggressive interest rate hike in November uh, is causing a lot of people to be very concerned. It's like using the, uh, you know, those, uh, those paddles that they use to try to resuscitate a patient too early, too often type of thing. And the fear is that it could really adversely impact the economy at a time when we really don't need it. But Jerome Powell, being the Fed chair, has indicated that, uh, hey, they were late to the party. They uh, showed up uh, later than, than they wanted. They did not really think inflation was going to be anything to contend with, which doesn't really uh, make us feel that good when those are the ones responsible for trying to stay ahead of it. Yeah, the uh, question is, for people who are interested in investing now, is this a good time to do it? Well, you know, it's one thing to listen to, to you and I, but uh, Jamie Dimon, who's the uh, celebrated head of J.P. Morgan. He was the one that uh, kind of predicted the banking crisis that we had in 2008 and made J.P. Morgan an absolute powerhouse because they thrived through that. Uh, he's been out saying, look, we're, we're looking at a, a possibility of a recession in the next six to nine months. And his words are that this market could drop another 20 to 30 percent. Oh, wow. Now, in real numbers, that means if we're at about 30,000 now, that means the Dow would drop below 25,000 to 24,000 or lower. So for people that, uh, you know, t- tend to look at that kind of uh, uh, perspective from someone in that type of a position, uh, I would certainly advocate a great deal of caution here. If I've got cash on the sidelines and I'm looking for deals, this type of minuscule drop in the market is not something that's going to cause me to take that cash off the sidelines. We start seeing a drop where the market's going to go down over a period of time as much as 20%, 30%, 25%, what have you. That's when you're talking about seeing some deals that are going to come out. And unfortunately, at that point in time, people are so panicked, they're selling. They're not really looking for opportunities. And if you want to be a Warren Buffett kind of person, then those are the times that when you look for stocks to go on sale, you really don't care about trying to catch them at the absolute bottom. You've got a predetermined plan that says if this stock that I like gets to this point, which would be an unbelievable bargain, I'm going to pull the trigger. The problem is by the time the stock drops there, you have all this chorus of experts screaming on how it could go lower and causes a lot of people not to follow that predetermined plan. And, Jack, I tell you, when you do that, uh, it really works against you. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if any of these predictions come true or not. There's a lot of things that we have to go through. But, uh, again, just a, not a lot on the horizon that, that uh, we can be overly optimistic about. One other quick thing here, you being our airline expert as well, uh, airlines reporting healthy third quarter profits. Mm-hmm. And this is quite a comeback from what happened as a result of COVID-19. Yeah, it's reflective of a very strong summer travel season for airlines. United Airlines reported this week a profit third quarter, $942 million. Uh, Delta Airlines last week had reported a, a quarterly profit of $966 million, which is certainly good. And that's causing a lot of people to say, hey, that must mean now the airlines are back. Let's rush in and grab a bunch of stock. 
again, back to my previous comment, be very careful here because we're talking about a very uh, popular travel season that a lot of people were ready for after the mask mandate was lifted. And they started traveling this past summer, and we saw the airlines make quite a bit of money, even in uh, light of rising fuel prices that were up 40-some percent. They still were able to pull off this kind of a profit. A lot of that pent-up leisure travel is starting to, to drop off a bit. Business travel is not back where the airlines want it to be, not even close at this point in time. So even though I'm celebrating the fact that they had a good third quarter, I don't see that type of performance being repeated in the fourth or the first quarter. So, again, I'd be very patient if you're looking at any airline stocks. Hmm. Yeah, but it's still fun to fly them. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a little more expensive to fly them now. But, uh, well, that's true. Fact, when, you, when you factor in inflation, it's still, Jack, the, it's the cheapest time ever uh, flying uh, for commercial aviation than what we've had from 20, 30 years ago. And other than electronics, I always challenge people. Tell me something that's cheaper today than it was, uh, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Oh, how true that is. Well, it is Jay Ratliff, our aviation and day trading expert. And uh, before you invest, you want to go to daytradefund.com. And we'll talk to you again on Monday or Tuesday next week. I'll be looking forward to it, Jack. Thank you. All righty. It's 6.51. Time to check in now with John Thomas and ground traffic. Will the GOP become the majority once again in the Senate? Can the Democrats hang on to their seats? Wall-to-wall midterm coverage happens here. Now, back to AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Sounds kind of funny hanging on to their seats. But I guess they're having to do that. Hey, by the way, a note from Angie Fox with the um, Tampa Kiwanis. They're having their 54th annual club barbecue today at Metropolitan Ministries. So if you want to get a barbecue and help a lot of people at the same time, you want to check it out at tampakiwanis.org slash bbq. tampakiwanis.org slash bbq. And again, it's going on today at Metropolitan Ministries. We need to do our show from Metropolitan Ministries again. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, we used to do it the Friday before Thanksgiving, and then we added on um, Leon, which is Noel spelled backwards, and that's six months away from Christmas. Hey, by the way, I want to mention a book that was sent to me by Mark Muncy and... Carrie Schultz, they wrote it, called Erie Appalachia. Erie Appalachia. And they've got the story of the smiling man, uh, Indrid Cole. I'm not familiar with that. And the Jersey Devil. But they've got the legend of Mothman. That sounds scary. I, I do have a copy of the book. I haven't started it yet. But, yeah, Mark was in studio with the Ryan Gorman show uh, last week. Yeah, and... Uh, I want to check out The Legend of Mothman. I saw the movie with Richard Gere, and it's in Point Pleasant, which is not far from my hometown. Right. But it was quite a movie. Well, anyway, I think we're going to do it again tomorrow, and we'll have our Friday fake news report, among other things. part of the show. Yes, indeed. So it'll be the Jack and James show for the... Final day of the week, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5. Live it up.